this, this is great. What a time to be alive. Charlie. What's your reaction to seeing this? I feel like I'm here at a historical moment in time. Taylor. How did you figure out a guy had a python in his pants? Python. Bloody, bloody, blah, 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 bloody, bloody, blah, blah, blah. Cooler. Yeah, baby. <laughs> the Como Water Cooler with Charlie Harger and Taylor Van Size. Welcome to the Como Water Cooler. I'm Charlie. And I'm Taylor. Coming up on today's show. The free loving mosquito lifestyle is about to catch up with them. The plan to give mosquitoes STDs and by doing that, fight the Zika virus. And it's about to get hot in here. More so than uh, my little dancing there got us. I will leave on all my clothes. And we're feeling the heat in western Washington. Our buddy Scott Sistek talks to us about how they forecast this sort of stuff. Carlene Johnson takes a look at the big picture. It's been a warm spring, so what does that say about wildfires this summer? Also, the guy in charge of writing one of the biggest video game series of all time, Warcraft, he joins us. But first... The Real News. Seattle Mayor Ed Murray proposes the city buy an acoustic gunshot detection system. Says it's essentially a network of microphones throughout the city. The system is simple. Detectors listen for sounds of gunshots, and when they occur, the technology provides police with instantaneous and accurate information about where the shots were fired. Councilman Bruce Harrell says similar systems have reduced crime in other cities. Agencies that have deployed and have been able to conduct a multi-year analysis have seen gun crime down 25 to 35 percent where this technology has been deployed. As for Seattle, the city council still needs to decide on when and where to deploy such a system and how much they're willing to spend. Amazon founder and CEO Jeff Bezos says he's passionate about encouraging space exploration for future generations. Speaking at the Code Conference outside L.A., he said heavy industrial work could be done in outer space and perhaps the Earth could be rezoned for residential and light industrial work. I think you go to space to save Earth. And we know about the solar system now. We have sent robotic probes all over the solar system. Let me assure you, this is the best planet. Bezos has the money to pay for this sort of project. With Amazon reaching its all-time high in stock price this week, Bezos is thought to be worth around $63 billion. Uh, Taylor. I don't have that much, but uh, what are you going to ask me for? If you had invested... A thousand dollars in Amazon. One thousand dollars. When? In nineteen ninety-seven. Okay, age six. Yes. Okay. It would be worth more than four hundred eighty thousand dollars today. So the fact that my parents did not do that for me in ninety-seven is tantamount to child, child abuse. abuse. Yeah, okay, I, yeah, I call CPS. Yeah, or at least uh, uh, child uh, endangerment. Or perhaps Ronald McDonald could help. I hope so. 480 grand, it's a lot of cash, but it still won't buy you a house in Seattle. Home prices in our area are up more than 10% compared to this time last year. And a real estate expert from the University of Washington says the high prices are somewhat a mixed blessing. The median home price in Seattle is now more than a half million dollars, and our home prices continue to skyrocket with the S&P Case-Shiller Index showing prices rose 10.8% compared to this time last year. Peter Orser is the director of the University of Washington Runstad Center for Real Estate Studies. He says we can thank all those new jobs coming to town and low interest rates for the boom. And then you have the supply issue, which is um, very restrained because... People don't want to necessarily put their house on the market because then they have a decision to make. 
Um, and so it's, um, uh, it's created to a limited supply in um, existing housing. And because of land supply, uh, a restrained supply of new housing. So we're getting supply issues both way, new and resale. He compares Seattle to the Bay Area. They have the same issues, a restricted land base and geography of water and hills. Um, They have a booming employment market um, and low rates. And those things are... um, That's our future. San Francisco is where we're headed. There's just no question in my mind. And while it's welcome news for many homeowners, Orser views this as one of the top three issues facing our region, along with education and transportation. Lack of affordable housing, he says, pushes the working class farther and farther out from their jobs, which could result in unforeseen consequences in the years to come. Well, a super hot forecast this weekend. It was really hot today. It was so hot today, I saw a robin dipping his worm in nest tea. And this man is our nest tea. Coma web meteorologist Scott Sistek joins us. It's a hot weekend, and it's it's a hot weekend amidst a lot of days that have been hot so far already. It's been kind of wild, right? It has been, and we were actually looking at April, how hot April was. I mean, it smashed That's right. the record for the hottest April on record we've had here. And it, it also set a record for how much we set a record by because it uh, blew away the old record by like two and a half degrees by an average temperature, which is quite a bit. So it was like the largest smashing of a record that we've had before. Smashing records with Scott. It's kind of like yeah. the, the Mariners, you know. Our, our weather is just like the Mariners. It is sort of like that, except a lot of times we don't have to come from behind. They just go right out. They just go to that 16-run lead right out of the gate. Here. Now, now May wasn't too shabby either. It wasn't. The first two weeks, uh, we were on pace to smash May by about as much as we had smashed April, and then we had about a two-week stretch where everything kind of like stopped. It got normal. It got normal. Yeah, the drizzle was here. It was like, I think it was 15 days. The average high was only 16. Right. And even with that, it was still the tide for the third warmest May. Help me out here, because I don't know exactly how this worked, but uh, something about high pressure building, and it's going to get hotter than you know what. Right. And uh, it's actually, the high pressure creates kind of low pressure. We call it a thermal trough. Okay. And uh, That was my name in high school. Right, thermal trough. That's right. (laughs) That was always one of band. Zonal flow or thermal (laughs) trough are my two band names, two other band names in, in growing up. But what it does is it brings out the east wind, and we talk about that a lot in weather, just the, the east wind, because it's the one time where we don't get the cooling winds off the ocean, and it comes from eastern Washington instead, and the mountains give it a little bit more of a kick when it comes down the mountains, it sinks and heats up. So that's what's going to happen this weekend. It's already happened a few times before, but now that we're into June and the sun's up a little longer, it can go even a little warmer than we've seen. So in April, we were hitting mid to upper 80s. Seattle hit 89 in mid-April. Mm-hmm. So now we're into June, similar pattern. Now we're thinking we're probably going to finally crack the 90-degree mark. And this is really hard for you weather guys because you don't want to say, man, it's going to be so hot and really peg a higher number because people uh, might get a little disappointed. They, in that. I, well, I don't, for snow, definitely. Yeah. We're forecasting yeah. snow, it's like you really don't want it. It's like if you say it's going to snow eight inches and it snows four inches, everyone's really disappointed. Right. Well, and, well, and the trouble is because someone could be listening to this on Monday as well. Right. So and Monday will be cooler and it'll be like, oh, then, yeah, because right. then now so it's, they'll know. Like, oh, no, come we, on, Scott, we got like seven hurricanes over the weekend. What right. are you talking about? Yeah, that's right. So, that's right. Scott, if you could, because right. we are recording this and, you know, who knows what could happen. Let's say it doesn't hit 90. Let's right. let's say it's it 75. What, what went wrong? What went wrong? Uh, the uh, Marine push came in real early and uh, it mixed with a, we'll say a low pressure center that 
formed out of nowhere. Scott, offshore. it snowed. It snowed over the weekend. Freak <laughs> June snowstorm. What happened? happened? I know. <laughs> it's the snow we were supposed to have in January. It was just six months late. Okay. It finally happened, Taylor. <laughs> I, I can't believe it. We can finally go skiing, Charlie. Two nights ago, SeaTac's uh, thermometer malfunction actually read 17 degrees. Did it really? <laughs> so maybe it could. So what are you doing? You Wait, know. you don't like the heat. But yeah, no, I am not a heat fan. I am, I kind of like on my Twitter profile, I say I'm the spokesperson for Seattle's rain fans because mm. I'm one of the people that don't like it when it gets over 70. I kind of like that two weeks of last May where it was kind of cloudy. Nice. Yeah. It's nice. You can go out. I do yard work on the Saturday. You Memorial can dress Day. in great. any kind of clothing and still feel comfortable. Right. It's for me, it's great. And uh, so we actually, I kind of did a poll going into this weekend because I said it was going to be, you know, 90. And I said on Facebook, I said, well, is this like, Ugh, like it's going to be hot, or do you turn the frown upside down? Are you like excited? And about 70% said too much. Too much. Yeah. 90 degrees is too, too hot. hot. Too hot. Too hot. And uh, listen, if you're going to the coast uh, trying to cool off, this may not be the weekend. I mean, no, you, you, you're from Astoria. I used yeah. to live in Nima, and really, they're going to be cooking down They'll there. They'll cook for one day. They always get, it's always one day shorter than the Seattle heat wave because the cooling air starts there first. So Saturday, it's going to be just as hot on the coast as here. It'll probably be 85. You know, Forks gets kind of freaky. They can get up toward 90 with the Olympics there. But uh, Sunday, they'll cool off. So if you really need to get away, I mean, good luck with the traffic and ferries. But, you know, it'll be much better on the coast Sunday. But that'll actually be the hottest day here in Seattle. That's when we think it's probably going to hit 90 Yikes. for the first time. Could it hit year. 95? It could hit 95. Could it hit 100 degrees? It won't hit 100. What if it does? It won't. Can, can we just record you, that you just can, in case? If it hits, if, <laughs> it's now if it, Tuesday, and we've now, had four days in a row right, of 100 it's degrees. every day this weekend. No, then, uh, yeah, then go ahead and play this. I think <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to it, too. It's like, wow, Scott nailed it, 102 or four days. But no, uh, 100 is so rare here. And, yeah. you know, who knows when that And we've only done it twice, and it's all been in the last. 94 was the first time, and then 2009 was the last time. Can we just recall 2009? I, I I know you're a busy guy. I remember watching you having to scramble because the computer graphics you use on TV could right. not accommodate that three was, digits. That really? was the first time we ever put a three-digit forecast because the first time it hit 100 was in 94, and we didn't think we had the forecast like 97. Mm-hmm. So it hit it. But this one, it had hit like 97 the day before, and all the models said it was going to hit 100. So we forecast 101. And so, yeah, we were there with the Steve Pool on the computer. We're like, okay, we've got a problem. It's like a Y2K thing for weather. We've only got two spots. <laughs> so we had to go in there and, like, manually turn off the, the graphic thing and, like, shrink the font down. And, like, okay, we got to make this thing for, wow. for three digits. So yeah. luckily we only had to do it one day so far. Yeah, that was a rough year. I was moving into school at, at uh, Washington State in Pullman. So the 100 degrees over oh, here, there. It's like over there, was ridiculous. It was like 127. Oh, yeah. I was just cooking in my dorm room. <laughs> a dorm from the 20s that had no air conditioning. Right. Only a radiator that couldn't turn off. My wife was six months pregnant at the time. Oh, even better. Oh, they love so, that. Yeah, we knew going in and like uh, we were in a townhouse, you know, two floor and the bedrooms yeah. upstairs and... Like that was, yeah, that summer was not fun. Let's not do that again. Let's not do that. Scott, again. always fun having you join us. Thank you for being here. Where can we find you online? Uh, you can go to uh, oncomonews.com. If you, I've got a little spot on the homepage. If you scroll down, you'll see my weather blog. Or if you go on the weather tab, there's a link to it there as well. Great. He said Freaky and Forks, by the way. Freaky, Freaky and, and Forks. 90 degrees, maybe. That's another band name. That's right. Oh, I like that. All right. Thank you, Scott. Now, the news we should have covered. I've got six rusty nails through the sides of my cheek. I was warned that this piercing might be prone to leak. Now I dribble in six different ways when I speak. (laughs) 
Yeah, young New Yorkers, they're a holy bunch, you could say, Charlie. Researchers say nearly a quarter of young adults in New York City have a body piercing somewhere other than an earlobe. New York Post reports on the city health department's findings. The agency says 21% of 25 to 44-year-olds are pierced, and that compares to 14% of all adults in the city. Health officials are studying body piercing because it can spread blood-borne diseases. Look at me. Look at me, Taylor. You know what I'm not doing right now? Getting your body pierced? I am not asking you. Wait. Not asking. <laughs> not going to do it. I think, you know, I do fall in the age range, uh, and I will be the first to tell you, I don't have any body piercings yet. Coward. Indeed, Charlie. Mile High Stadium would seem like a natural for a legal pot company. The future of naming rights for the Denver Broncos Stadium is headed for a court fight. Sports Authority, you know, they went bankrupt. They have the rights and they hope to sell it. City is fighting the move in bankruptcy court, saying Sports Authority hasn't paid more than $2 million in payments since February. So this being Colorado, there are some marijuana companies that would like to take over the naming rights. They'd be happy to link their names to Mile High. It's a big industry. Remember the Alamo. Texas police say a facial tattoo of the Alamo made it easy to remember a robber. His name is Derek Caballero of San Antonio, and he's accused of robbing another man at gunpoint earlier this year and had recently been behind bars when he was identified as the robber. He was picked out of a photo lineup. Police say the victim was able to figure out who he is because... Yeah, he had the Alamo tattooed on his chin, multiple charges in the works. And this is exactly why I don't have any visible body piercings in case I ever decide to, you know, commit major crimes. Mug a guy. I don't want to have, you know, a, a tennis ball hanging out of my bottom lip. I'm proud of you for that, Taylor. They We're all proud of it. <laughs> they don't allow that uh, either at Brigham Young University. Students there say they still aren't sure that a prank involving supposedly fake urine was actually a prank. Okay, here's what happened. Students in a physiology class taught by Professor Jason Hansen say he gave a student the chance to earn extra credit by drinking a vial he said contained his own urine. Would you do it? No! Oh, well, the prank was caught on video by one of the students and posted online where it got some mixed reactions. <laughs> Well, Professor Hansen posted a note to students three days after the class saying that, quote, urine was actually just diluted vinegar and some food coloring. Hansen says the prank is a lesson about how doctors used to taste urine to help them screen patients for diseases. Students say they still aren't sure he's telling the truth. You know, I teach a college course. Have you ever had them drink their own uh, bodily fluids? I have not, so I think I should get a Teacher of the Year award. It's coming your way. That's when I joined the Tenants at an apartment complex in Salt Lake City being threatened with eviction if they don't accept a Facebook friend request. Some residents told KSL-TV that notices were taped to their doors last week saying they had five days to become friends with City Park Apartments. Be my friend or else. If tenants didn't accept the request, they would be breaching their rental agreements and could be evicted. They were also warned not to post anything negative about the apartments on the social media site. That's plum un-American in my opinion. While the contract addendum would give the complex permission to post pictures of tenants and guests on their Facebook page, a tenant's rights attorney says the Facebook addendum might be discriminatory to people that don't use the site. That's nutty, right? Well, 
I the last apartment complex I lived in, they actually gave me a discount on rent one month for becoming their Facebook friend. It was worth it to me. I have no idea what kind of pictures they took, though. That's just creepy. It's a no, thank creepy. you. No, 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 no. Very no. odd. You want to Snapchat me later? No. Sixty-nine years young, Taylor. Rolling Stones guitarist Ronnie Wood turned that age this week. He's looking pretty good. Better than you for that age. <laughs> yeah, I'm not 69. All in good time, Charlie. He also had a couple of kids. Wood's wife, Sally Humphreys, gave birth to twin girls Monday night, Gracie Jane and Alice Rose. Wood's publicist says the babies are doing brilliantly. Now, I'm real glad he didn't use one of those stupid rock star names like Dweezil or... Apple. Moon Unit. Moon Unit. Banjo. Right. Oh, I know all these names. I'll keep your eyes on the road, you hand up on the wheel. All right, road trip news, Taylor. If you're hitting the road this summer, you might visit Chicken or the Egg. Made that two egg. Alaska has a town named Chicken, while you'll find two egg in Florida. And if you don't know where to go, you might want to head for Uncertain Texas. In Pennsylvania, you'll find Intercourse, Virginville, and Blue Ball. In Louisiana, you've had too much moonshine. You can always visit Cut Off. And no, Weed California isn't named for the stuff you roll into a joint. The city is named for Abner Weed, who ran a lumber mill at the base of Mount Shasta in 1897. Charlie, also the uh, the beginning point in the story of Mice and Men. That's right. That's right. Lenny and, and Squiggy, they, uh, they they found their girlfriends, Laverne and Shirley. I don't that think was, was such Squiggy. a good. That was a really good book. I, I read a lot of literature in high school and did college. You, did, do you remember the rabbits? Yeah, the, the rabbits, uh, the Trix rabbit. Uh, different rabbit for Lenny. Didn't end well. Those aren't for kids. No, nor for Lenny. There's a new effort underway in Australia to combat the spread of the Zika virus, giving mosquitoes STDs. Como's Jeff Pogula with the story. Yes, you heard that right. Scientists are giving STDs to mosquitoes to stop the spread of Zika. Here's how it works. Many species of mosquito carry the Wolbachia bacteria, which prevents them from spreading Zika and other viruses. But the 80s mosquito does not. It's the one infecting people with Zika all over the Americas. So researchers in Australia, interestingly enough, are actually breeding 80s mosquitoes but infecting their eggs with the Wolbachia bacteria before they hatch. These mosquitoes cannot transmit Zika. They cannot transmit dengue, and they'll mate with males, and all of their offspring will be infected with Wolbachia and unable to transmit Zika. That's Susan Desmond Hellman, head of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, which is funding the research. Essentially, they are trying to breed out the ability to spread Zika by infecting the mosquitoes with a separate pathogen. Of course, it could take a while before we learn if the efforts are effective. But if they are, they could slow or even stop the spread of not only Zika, but a number of other mosquito-borne illnesses as well. Jeff Pogela, Como News. Mosquito STDs, Taylor. What could go wrong? I can't imagine a thing that would go wrong. Now, uh, what you might not know about me is mm. I'm kind of an entrepreneur. I like starting small businesses. You know, you build a better mousetrap. Sure. I, I'm worried, though, with STDs being brought into Follow this. Follow me here. Okay. Dr. Chuck's yeah. teensy tiny prophylactic company. Now, you're a doctor? 
On the radio. Oh, you play one on the radio. A burlesque dancer, Charlie, I'm sure, as you know from your entrepreneurial adventures from Seattle, says an airline company actually stripped away her dignity when they told her to change her clothes if she wanted to fly. Now, Como's Joel Moreno talked to her and looked at JetBlue's dress code and outfits that don't make the cut. Not all travelers give much thought to what they wear on an airline flight. And I was told, but no, an outfit but nearly kept Maggie McMuffin from boarding at all. My problem with this is that it's entirely subjective. Maggie McMuffin is a stage name she uses in her burlesque acts. The entertainer was flying on JetBlue when an airline worker approached and said the pilot decided her striped shorts were inappropriate. McMuffin says it was her only outfit and offered a compromise. I could tie a sweater around my waist, I could get a blanket from you guys, and they were told, well, if you don't change your clothes, you're going you're not going to be able to board this flight. Reaction from passengers at SeaTac was mixed. I would hate to sit next to someone dressed like that, honestly. I wouldn't wear them on a plane, but she's welcome to. I don't think it was inappropriate. An airline spokesperson tells Joel their contract of carriage allows JetBlue to deny boarding to any customer whose clothing may be offensive to the viewing public. Now, JetBlue offered an apology and a $162 flight credit to McMuffin, her, 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 her last name, I'm not sure if this is her given name. I think it's I think it's a stage you name. You think so? I don't recall it, you know, coming up as some of the other Christian names in the Bible. Well, Matthew, Mark, Luke, McMuffin, John. You got me there. McMuffin says JetBlue should offer sensitivity training to his pilots, be more clear of their expectations of customers. And now, something completely different. This is no ordinary story. Quick, I need Eddie Murphy as James Brown on SNL. Uh, What do hot tubs have to do with anything? I'll get to that in a sec. First, the backstory. Billionaire Elon Musk, the Tesla, SpaceX, PayPal guy, he's a genius. Probably not an evil genius. Probably. He was asked a question at the Code Conference. This is deep. Simulation. I've had so many simulation discussions, it's crazy. Okay. So, so the idea is, right, any sufficiently advanced civilization would create, could create a simulation that's like our existence and so the theory follows that maybe we're in the simulation in other words how can we be completely sure what we are experiencing is real life and not some sort of computer simulation 40 years ago we had pong like two rectangles and a dot that was what games were Um, now 40 years later we have photorealistic 3d simulations with millions of people playing simultaneously and it's getting better every year and soon we'll have you know virtual reality if you assume any rate of improvement at all um, then the games will become indistinguishable from reality i know you're waiting for the hot tub part but this is fascinating it would seem to follow that the so tell me what's wrong with that argument is the answer yes the argument is probably. I mean, it's like, is there is there a flaw in that argument? I mean, someone, but someone. I'm not that, sure what but, the error. In, right, no, no, the argument makes sense. So the assumption then is that somebody beat us to it, and this is a game. No, no, there's a one in billions chance that this is base reality. Oh, okay. Does he think about this a lot? It got to the point where basically every conversation was was the AI AI slash simulation conversation. Um, and my brother and I finally agreed that um, we would ban such conversations if we were ever in a hot tub. Yeah, go in the hot tub. Ah! Okay. That was like... 
there because that really well, kills the magic. Tub, um, so. Killing the magic. So maybe we should be hopeful that this is a simulation because otherwise... Because they could reboot it. Well, otherwise, e either we're going to create simulations that are indistinguishable from reality or civilization will cease to exist. Those are the two options. Could the hot tub be a simulation? Could his brother? I like those odds. <laughs> okay. Over yeah. The Matrix may never let us know. It seems many of us still believe our machines could get the better of us, as in 2001 A Space Odyssey. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Or worse, Terminator. Hasta la vista, baby. But at least one voice of reason shines through our nightmarish beliefs about artificial intelligence, nothing to do with hot tubs. Taylor, introduce us to our hero. Brian Fung is that hero, a technology reporter from the Washington Post, here to bring us back to reality. Perhaps like you, movies have led me to believe that artificial intelligence or AI is something humans shouldn't meddle with. Sort of a Pandora's box. But Brian, you say I'm wrong. I think, you know, science fiction has an important role to play in society in that it uh, uncovers a lot of uh, thinking about technology and some of the dangers about it, as well as a lot of the, you know, potential upsides. Um, but I think, you know, in the case of uh, artificial intelligence, what we're seeing in the actual research that's being done in the laboratories is something very different. Um, you know, what we're, what we're in fact seeing is that there are a bunch of different technologies that have to go into AI in order to create what experts call general AI, which you and I sort of think of as the sentient kind of machines that you see in the Terminator movies, when the reality is actually, you know, the progress that we're making on this research is happening much more in fits and starts, uh, you know, much more quickly in certain areas of AI. Uh, for example, we know a lot about machine learning, and we've done um, a, a tremendous amount of research on that front. Machine learning? I know that you and Frank were planning to disconnect me. Uh, that kind of makes me even more nervous. What do you mean by that, Brian? Uh, that's where you're seeing a lot of um, you know, commercial products coming out, such as Siri or uh, Alexa or Google Now, all these personal assistants that help you do the things that you do in your daily life. That's all a product of machine learning. But other aspects of AI are not progressing uh, quite as quickly, according to researchers at IBM, who say you know, stuff on the logic and basic reasoning or decision-making, all of those skills uh, are still you know, fairly less well understood uh, compared to all the research we have been doing on machine learning. So perhaps we don't quite understand enough about human logic to impart it on our machines. Clearly that means the robots of our dreams, like uh, Rosie from the Jetsons, they're pretty far off from reality. But what about industrial grade machines? For you and me, Brian in the news business, a human still has to be there to say, yes, Taylor, you can put that on air, or no, Brian, try writing in a different way. Say, in a Ford plant, where some robots are already performing simple functions, when do they decide to do that work on their own? Yeah, that's absolutely right. And, um, you know, there have been some studies by experts trying to get a handle on just how many jobs in the U.S. economy could be uh, replaced by automation. Um, and here we get into a kind of debate about uh, whether robots are meant to or will um, fully replace people or or simply complement them and, and sort of assist them in their jobs. The White House did some, some looking into this, and they concluded that um, about 80% of jobs that pay about uh, less than $20 an hour 
stand to be um, replaced by by automation over the long term. The very long term, like at least a decade. It's the nature of the economy in some ways. New jobs pop up, old jobs incorporate new technologies, and some jobs disappear altogether. But in short, Siri isn't going to zap me if my iPhone runs low on battery and my computer isn't going to eject the CD drive to try and trip me if I forget to run a virus scan. At least not yet. Brian Fung's full article on artificial intelligence and what we think we know about it is available online at WashingtonPost.com. Taylor Van Sice, Como News. It's one of the most popular video game series of all time, and Warcraft is headed to the big screen on June 10th. Saving the world is not a one-man job. We fight together or we die together. You don't have me to protect you. I need no one to protect me. James was the director of story and creative development at Blizzard Entertainment, company that produces the series. He's joining us from Blizzard HQ in L.A. Hey, James. Hey, guys. So, James, sounds like uh, you guys are kind of a, a big deal there at Blizzard. What is it that you say you do around there? <laughs> we make uh, we, we make little games. We make, you know, this little game called Warcraft, Overwatch, Diablo, Starcraft. Some fun fantasy and sci-fi worlds. I think I've I've played most of those. I think Charlie, you you are one that's uh, ex- experienced that as well. Uh, but I mean, going from video games to movies, that's not something that everybody does. Hey, you know, it's been a long journey. It's uh, it's exciting times, and no, it's not something that uh, everybody does. We're very fortunate, and it's been a long, long road working with Legendary, um, and we're really just just kind of you know blessed to see the game that we love and we built and put so much heart and soul into make it to the big screen and hopefully translate beyond uh beyond the gaming space um so i can finally let my mom know what uh what i've been working on all these years <laughs> hopefully james can you just describe what it's like because when you write for a video game I'm, I'm not sure if people realize this i mean there's a lot of writing that goes into this it's kind of a choose your own adventure sure. thing uh you have to narrow this down for a movie what's the the process like there well, sure. I mean, World of Warcraft in particular is this expansive game that has, uh, you know, countless races that you can play and, and a huge mythology that is as deep as Tolkien. Um, and, and it's a game that's been, you know, the fantasy and fiction of it has been built over 20 years in books and games um, and massive quests, comics. Um, so there's a great deal of lore there. There's a great deal of history and character. So I think the biggest challenge we had early on was what story do we tell? You know, unlike um, more linear narrative where you kind of have a beginning middle and end uh world of warcraft's a world and you get to play in it and go experience countless stories so i think our our big challenge was what story do we tell and um uh you know so after years of development we got to a place where we realized what what the core expression of the ip was was horde versus alliance which is orcs versus humans and long a long long time ago in the 90s we created a game called warcraft that started it all and that story was about the hordes, uh, the orcs' first invasion uh, on the human lands. And we realized that was the fundamental start of the franchise to us. And a really great story that was very straightforward, very accessible. Um, and that would make a great movie. And hopefully, if this is a successful movie, we can slowly grow uh, grow and expand into the, the, the rest of the world and the rest of the, uh, the stories that have made the game so successful. So I, I wonder, for you, to try and get an audience for this movie, you know, it's kind of a no-brainer. Okay, the people that really like the video game are going to go see it. For for me, if you made a, a StarCraft video game uh, from, I don't know, the late 90s or whenever that one first was released, 
people yeah. in my generation would be there in an instant. Uh, but how are you going about getting uh, the general viewing audience to to get into the theaters? Well, I think um, at the end of the day, it's a relatable story. I think this is a it's a world that appeals to a lot of anybody who likes genre or fantasy. Um, you know, and I, I always look at uh, World of Warcraft as kind of a, a superhero fantasy universe in many ways. Um, and I think the, the the world has never been more ripe to uh, to engage in superhero fantasy. Um, and so I think, you know, the, the, the film plays very broad. It is not a game movie per se. It is a great story, a great fantasy story and a great, um, you know, cinematic experience. We're talking with James Waugh with Blizzard Entertainment. The Warcraft movie is coming out on Friday, June 10th. Uh, Warcraft, the game, is what's called an MMORPG, massively multiplayer online role-playing game. I spat it out in one breath. I'm proud uh, of you. Thank you. Impressive. Now, people from around the world play this game together. A lot of times they meet in real life. So, James, the important question here, have you met any Warcraft babies? <laughs> Uh, I have actually. So we're we're fortunate enough to have the, the type of fans that come to our, our convention every year, uh, BlizzCon. And one of the great things about that convention is, you, you know, people who play this game in you know distant lands, uh, far from each other, different nations, different states, come together. Um, and I can't tell you how many people I've met that have, uh, how many couples and have met that have met on World of Warcraft and inevitably fell in love with their, uh, you know, with their avatar and, and then met in person um, and. You know, hopefully they have kids that will be playing World of Warcraft from from this point on. I really don't want you to hang up after I, I do this next bit. Okay, will you promise me that? Uh, you got a promise, James. Okay, right. I, I, I pinky promise. I've got a I got a little thing here that I want to know. Uh, what goes through your mind when you hear one of this one of one of the most famous moments in Warcraft history? I'm coming up with thirty two point three three repeating, of course, percentage of survival. Oh, that's a lot better than we usually do. Uh, Alright, comes up. Ready, guys? Let's or... do this. Leroy Jenkins! Oh my god, he just ran in. Save him! Oh, gee, stick it clean! Oh, Jesus. Let's go, let's go. Leroy Jenkins. Oh, man, now I'm hungry for some chicken. <laughs> <laughs> How often does that really come up, though, around the office? I mean, does somebody have that set as their ringtone? Uh, he's a legend. I think we've had him at BlizzCon a few times. Um... <laughs> I, I I like his play style. It, it's very uh, very similar to my own. Suicidal. Up, he's even been immortalized in uh, our our card game Hearthstone. There's a Leroy Jenkins card. Oh, cool! Any uh, any Easter eggs from from Leroy Jenkins coming into the movie? <laughs> Not that I know of. Let me just ask you this: We have the Warcraft movie is coming out on Friday the the tenth. How how much? If you're a fan of, let's say, Lord of the Rings, maybe Game of Thrones, that type of thing, is this ty- is this the type of movie for you? Yeah, most certainly. I mean, I think anybody who loves fantasy fiction, anybody who loves just a great escape and loves a great adventure story, this movie is for them. What about if your movie is more like Chariots of Fire or Cool Runnings? <laughs> a little more like Cool Runnings, I think. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. James Y. Hey, listen, it's just been uh, absolutely a pleasure having you on with us. Uh, what other games are you working on? What What can we expect to see from Blizzard in the near future that has a James Y. stamp of approval on it? Do I have to wait another 12 years for another Diablo? Uh, who knows? Who, who knows if I have to wait for another Diablo? But I will say we have Overwatch out, which is uh, our first our team-based shooter. 
um, that has a really rich story world, like all our games, and we have shorts and comics to support it, and a really exciting uh, um, game that seems to be doing really well and people love quite a bit. So if you're you're interested in the James Waugh seal of approval, I'd say pick up some Overwatch, uh, check out some of our short films on the web. Um, it's a lot of fun. James Waugh, Blizzard, thank you so much. Thank you. Well, all right. Thanks to James Waugh from Blizzard Entertainment. Uh, you going to see the movie? You know, I think I will. It's not a game I've played before, but I think after the way he described it, I think I finally will buy an actual movie ticket and see it. Kind of your thing. Almost kind of my thing. Almost kind of No, it very much is my thing. All right, all right. Listen, if you are listening right now and want to subscribe, we encourage you to do that. We're on iTunes. Yeah, you can find us uh, also online at comonews.com, where you can find really all of our stories that we cover through the week. And, of course, you can hear us Monday through Friday on AM 1000, FM 97.7, here in the Seattle area or anywhere in the world, even, Charlie, the International Space Station. They've got Wi-Fi now and can go to comonews.com and stream us live. Ground control to Major Tom. Yeah, I guess. Major Tom listening to the water cooler. (laughs) It's the Como water cooler. We'll see you next week.